Hello. Oh, hi, Marilyn. How are you? No, I'm fine. Skype updated. Skype updated. That's never Ooh, I, good. I got a different icon. This is unusual. It's Keep exciting. The, yeah. Oh, well, good. It's a whole new world. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm great. You sound good. Oh, thank you. I feel pretty good. Better than last week. Woo, rough one. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in retrospect, they're all pretty rough. <laughs> You know how long it's it takes so to true. write these. You know how long it takes to write these things. The, the bits, the jokes. No, there's the whole script. Oh, right, from start to finish, the proofreading and the hold for laugh. It's complicated stuff. That Roderick show, man. Ooh, it takes a, it takes a month to write one of those. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, big week. Big huge week with the Apple uh, Apple stuff. Apple TV. Yeah, we told our listeners that uh, we don't have to jump straight into it. That we'll be uh, talking about. The Apple TV today, which I guess on the face of it, we've been talking more about Apple stuff lately because there's been more Apple stuff to talk about. Don't you think? I totally agree with you. Yeah. Ordinarily, um, I don't know. It's not like a centerpiece of the show, although we are. I mean, I can't speak for you, but I mean, all I use is Apple stuff. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah, it's something we've both been waiting on and hoping for for such a long time that I, I think it's worth spending some time with. And, you know, I, I guess part of it is, uh, some of it is I want to talk about how much I love, how much I don't love, and uh, I don't know if we can exactly give buying advice, but I think it, it's, I think we're, we're getting, I'm jumping ahead a little here, but I think we're getting to a point where there are so many options in set-top boxes and other just various ways of getting to your media stuff that it's worth being a little more particular and detailed about how this stuff works. I love it. I loved your idea to do this, and I'm totally on board with it. I think... There is, there are so many options out there right now as far as what you can get. Everything from uh, sticking with what you have, which might be an Apple TV or an older Roku, to the really cool new Rokus that have come out, to going with something mm-hmm. like a Chromecast or the new Apple TV. And a lot of people, I remember you, you and I both got our Apple TVs on, I guess they dropped Friday, right? So we've mm-hmm. had the Friday and the full weekend to try them out and use them. And uh, I don't know where if you're using yours at home or at, at your uh, private uh, man office, but like I've let my kids use it as well because I wanted to see what their reactions would be to it. Primarily my, my seven-year-old boy, uh, the four-year-old is not, she doesn't get the remote yet. But, you know, and I've tried it with games. I've tried all these different things. And I think we're really at an interesting point now where it the decision as far as which to get on the the surface seems kind of obvious, but it's actually a little, I think, trickier than ever for me where I think we're going to be in the future is, is more clear than it ever has been though. So I would love to talk about this because in as many things uh, as uh, Apple has come out with and improved and released with the Apple, the new Apple TV, I still, and in, I loved reading your little note that you posted because <laughs> I have, I think there are a lot of, a lot of questions still surrounding this and it's, there's still work to be done. So, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting trip and it's, it's only really in the last couple weeks or I, I guess I've been kind of thinking about this a little bit is that when you think about a new device, or what I almost want to call it a new appliance. Mm. I think just as a little bit of background in history here, I think it's interesting to think about, you know, what made a company and a team decide to put something together right, and then release it as a product. And 
you know, I think you can read too many tea leaves until you're like a crazy person trying to figure out these conspiracies. But, right. But if you think about the history of not just these devices, but software that runs these devices, and I'm, I don't claim to be an expert here, but I, I think about like, you know, why did the first Apple TV came out? The first Apple TV was pretty big. I think it was, if not exactly the size of uh, an airport, it was it was pretty big. No, it, the airport, you're talking about the airport extreme base station, not the UFO shaped one, but the white one that was... The, uh, the big, the big white, the Apple TV, if I remember correctly, used to be a big white... White it wasn't square. In the pre-Puck days. Right. It was, and I'm trying to remember... It's been a while. It's like the size. The original Apple TV is the size of like a modern day Mac Mini. Well, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking about if you put it on a Mac Mini, you would just look like a slender Mac Mini. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But I, 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 again, this is off the top of my head. But what I remember about that was it was neat. It, what it, I mean, what it, what it, what I remember it doing was, and you tell me if if I'm wrong here, but the, the primary thing most of us used it for was streaming compliant movie media from a computer to your TV, which was a pretty novel idea at the time. Yeah. And if memory serves from, was from the beginning, you could, did they have the, the iTunes store on the Apple TV from the beginning? I feel like they did from the beginning. I think so. I'm going to say, yeah, I'll go with it's just, you. It felt like, you know, through all the years that they've called it a hobby, the, the one consistent thing about the Apple TV in particular has been, and this is getting to the point of like, why does somebody put out this device? It was an appliance to bring into your home that solved a problem that you understood. And the problem that you understood was I have these movies in particular TV shows on a computer that I'd like to be able to watch on my TV. Like I don't want to have to run VLC or whatever the flavor was at the time. I like to watch that on a TV, you know, like a, like a person, but it was, it really felt like it was particularly tuned to essentially being, it's the cash register that they put between you and the internet. It was a way to be able to buy stuff and if memory serves, you could also, it also had storage on it. So you could store stuff on there. It's been so long. Yeah. It's been so slow. But, but even before that, I feel like I was using the first uh, software I remember using and loving for this was Boxy. Right. And right. Boxy was a, a fancy, prettied up version, I think, of XBMC. And so, I mean, how far back does this go? Well, I guess I feel like there was XBMC was an Xbox client that lets you watch movies like using Xbox, your Xbox Media Center or something like that, right? Right, and people would fork that and, and improve it, or you know, make their own version from the bottom up. But but I guess I'm, I don't want to belabor this, but I think it's important to like look at the motivation that people had. And in that case, this was, these were open source projects, I believe, yes. mostly open source projects, where it was about consumers being able to watch you know, uh, media that they had, that might be a ripped DVD or whatever it was, or your music. And the idea was like, how do we take this old world of like, you know, the music that we own? How do we take this increasingly new world of the, uh, video stuff that we, and, and then how do we, how do we get that onto the TV? And now look at it. Everything today is so interesting. Think about who the major players are now, where you've got, what, 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 what do we got? We got, like you said, we got Roku, you got Chromecast, you got Amazon Fire TV, right? You've got Apple TV. You've got the various. I guess you could consider all the various clients on console units, and I'm probably leaving some out. Yeah, oh, there's obviously, X, there's Xbox, there's PS4, there's right. And so if you get if you get a uh, PlayStation, that's got a Blu-ray built in, yep, right? Yeah. And then, of course, you got to think about stuff like the Comcast DVR product. You think about TiVo, right? Like, what is what is each one of those companies? 
What do they want you to be doing with that? And then how will they know it's been a big success? And there are still lots of people who have something like a Mac mini sitting under their TV with the HDMI connected where they're, you know, maybe even have a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse and they're using it like a computer or they're running one of these homegrown XBMC like type solutions and using that as their media center. That's less and less and less. That was like the thing for That's a long what time. I did. Yeah. That's what I did for years. Me too. Every Friday night would find me on my hands and knees on the floor in front of the TV with a Bluetooth keyboard and wireless, my old Logitech mouse, just screaming obscenities at my underpowered Mac mini that I think was running boxy at the time. But if memory serves, like, you know, you still had to, my life was encoding. Like, that's all I did. All I did was re-encode. And over time, I mean, it, it, I think it does pay a little bit, again, not to dwell on this, but it does pay to talk a little bit about those days because you talk about being a hobbyist. I mean, you had to get your media one way or another. And then once you had it, it used to be it was AVIs that you would get. You, people would rip to AVIs or AVIs were out there, yeah. which do not play friendly on Apple stuff. I mean, there's, there's codecs that will let you do that. But, you know, to, to stream that to like your, uh, your Apple TV or to use, you know, you had to like re-encode it or get a wrapper for it. There are all these apps out there. And so, and then something would stop working. You don't know why and you have to go look at it. But like, it took like a tremendous amount of effort. Why? Because I had that motivation to do that. Because that I was the consumer that really wanted that experience. It got it got way better, I feel like, around the time. I guess I feel like things got way better. Roku got really good fast. Boxy went away fast. I remember I had I had a breakfast one time with the, the, the Boxy guy. I was a huge advocate for Boxy. And um they were really they were really driving toward the end zone. And I think they end up thinking their their plan was to be baked into smart TVs. Mm-hmm. They eventually had their own. I think they had their own set-top box at one point. I don't even know if Boxy's around anymore. I don't know anybody who talks about it anymore. But, so why am I saying all this? Because I think it, it in, in order to understand why these get made the way they get made, how they get marketed the way they get marketed, let's look at each of those players. Like, what, you know, let's let's go through this. Like, what what does Roku want? Roku, in some ways, strikes me as being very similar in some ways to TiVo, a company that I'm given to believe is struggling a little bit. I mean, TiVo wants you... TiVo is is all the way like balls in on skip commercials. Do this stuff like if you look at the features of the Bolt, like it has built in like commercial skipping. Do you know about this? Have you heard about this? I have not. Um, I've heard a couple of people talk about this. Apparently, the Bolt. So you go and you sign up for this whatever fifteen dollar a month TiVo service. Which, if like John Syracuse, you signed up for, you know, 50 years ago, is a great deal. It's not maybe such a great deal today. One hundred and fifty dollars a year. It seems like a lot of dough to be able to run their hardware. Um, what's it doing? It's pulling down a channel guide. Like, what, what, what is it doing? But what, what a part of that service now is that apparently on a certain set of popular shows, it will, somebody is watching that show as soon as it comes out and dropping flags and markers. And like, there's a pretty high likelihood that even if you watch a show that evening, you'll be able to hit a, mash a big button to skip the commercials. And it's not like a dumb second count. They actually know where the commercial starts and ends. Interesting. So I just say that because TiVo, as much as they seem a little wackadoodle sometimes, they are very focused on what uh, a consumer wants. They're failing partly, God, suddenly I'm John Syracuse. Part of their failing is that they are catering to power users, but not putting out like a total power user product. Mm-hmm. Everybody I know who has a TiVo loves the TiVo. I've had two TiVos. I've loved the TiVos. But they, it, is, it does feel a little wonky and underpowered. And the fact that it's just something as dumb as the menus not all being HD seems ludicrous at this point. But then what do you got with the other ones? You've got Amazon 
which is trying to obviously heavily, heavily leverage the fact that they're Amazon. I think they want Amazon Prime to mean a lot more than fast shipping. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I remember when they announced their streaming video stuff and it was just included with the Amazon Prime membership. And over the last few, I guess they did that a couple of years ago over the last or since that time, whenever that was not that long ago. They're really trying to redefine Amazon Prime as their, I almost think of it now as, yeah, like you get like Costco. Or yeah, something. like, right. Like this is just a, a block of services that you get. And more and more, I think what you said is completely true that more and more it's becoming the name for their digital media delivery stuff as opposed to their package delivery stuff. Like it's so interesting because the, the early, yeah, absolutely. The early, I, I remember, I feel like some of the early stuff you got as a Prime, I mean, I got Prime to get free two-day shipping. I think that's what it originally was. And it's they've added a lot of stuff. But I remember the initial stuff being like, I think maybe one of the early ones they added in some kind of a music service. Or, you know, you could upload all of your MP3s. Right. There was that stuff. There's yeah. always those kinds of things. But anyway, what's Amazon want out of this? Well, I think Amazon probably wants you to think of them as your go-to place for getting anything that you need. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas Google is where you go for information. I think... Amazon wants you to think of, like, this is where you go to get stuff. And, I mean, gosh, I don't know. If, did you look at the QVC app on um, oh, TV yet? N- only the, the one preview thing of it. Oh, I it's, haven't. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it basically streams QVC, and you can just buy stuff. I think that's kind of one thing Amazon's going to want. You can, get, you can get Grubhub now on Apple TV. I think one, one convergence you're going to see is more and more people wanting the stuff that you're currently doing on an iPad or iPhone to be on that screen. So who, what do you got? You got Google. Now, what do you think Google's play is with Chromecast? Well, what's their primary reason for doing that? Uh, I mean, if you think about what Google is as a an entity, is they they want our data, they want to know what we're doing, right? So, wouldn't it right? Wouldn't wouldn't that be what was behind their motivation? I guess to do so. It? I've never, I don't think I've ever bought anything. I'm not an Android user, uh, but I've never bought anything on Google Play. I don't think. I mean, do people buy lots of stuff on Google Play? I, I have bought apps when I was doing my Android test. I bought apps on Google Play for my Android you're about, device. You're about, have you bought movies and TV shows? Never. So I don't know. I mean, I think you're right there. That's that's what Google tends to want. But then we get, you know, let's skip ahead a little bit. So we get to Apple. Like what is, I think it's when you are using the Apple TV and you're, you're screaming uh, obscenities or, or screaming happiness at the Apple TV, it's mm-hmm. interesting to think about like why they made it the way they did. Uh, am I dragging this out? I'm dragging this no, out. No, I mean, bit. I think you're, you're building excitement. The, I'm trying, I'm just trying to understand when, when well, I look no, at my list so, of bitches. No, I, I think what you're doing is important and I'll, I'll tell you why I think it is because I've been thinking about this too. Because the goal behind it so defines the product that we now have connected to our TV. You know what I'm saying is that is that if if your goal is collecting data, it you're going to create a very different product than you would if your goal was selling movies or if your goal was supporting a device or if your goal is, you know what I'm saying so like mm-hmm. or, or or getting people to sign up for a service like what is that goal because at the end of the day all of these companies really are are trying to make money. There is no one in this space doing it because they just they love us and they want us to have a great experience. They're doing it because they're commercial entities. But how are they what is their goal? How are they trying to get that money? Or yeah, or maybe just this, this kind of a way to just slightly reframe that and say the same thing is like how does it fit into their plan and how do they see it fitting into the ecosystem uh in which you currently live or in which they would like you to live? 
right? So, I mean, it's one of the things I think we've, we've talked about this a lot in the last month or two is how exciting it is to look at how the Apple ecosystem seems to be kind of getting its game together yes. more than it has in years with things like, you know, taking those rich notes and putting notes on all the different uh, devices, as long as it's, you know, up to date, easy kinds of handoff between different things, all those little things where you're going like, oh, these pieces all like all fit together. This, this works the way that I expect it to work. But then on the other hand, it's really interesting because like, I think one of the things where I was most proud of Apple with the Apple TV is when you, for example, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Siri. When you do a Siri search and you find the TV show or movie that you want, they're not just showing you like how to buy it from Apple on your Apple TV. Um, I think, see, this is, this is where it gets kind of confusing and I don't want to get, again, I don't want to get too far ahead, but if you do a search on, if I do a search right now on Doctor Who and I say, yes, I want the current like new Who, bring that up. And it'll say, uh, okay, well, you can you can watch these seasons on Hulu. You've bought these seasons. It knows what I bought yeah. and knows that I, I can then go watch it from there. And so I think, but then you've also got like, what is Siri cover? Siri covers HBO, Showtime, Netflix, Apple bought stuff. It does. It's not everything yet. Like Plex, for example, is not in Siri. But I thought that was really, that's one thing where like I go, oh, Apple, they're not just about selling those things. It really is about improving the experience, the, the Steve Jobs vision of taking the dumpster fire of TV as it is, you know, for most people, people and making it something that's sensible to somebody who likes using Apple stuff. Well, so, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I, I was just going to agree with you and say, I think that of all of these, you know, okay, so let me, okay, no, no, let me finish your point because this is a, I have a bigger topic to interject that will lead to something we'll yeah. be talking about later so i don't well wanna... that's you know that's really that's mostly i just i found myself as i i'm trying to have a little bit of presence of mind about when something doesn't work the way i expected i'm trying to apply a little bit of occam's razor to it and go like well why didn't that work that way i mean there are some things like the kind of c minus integration of apple music where i go hmm yeah I think that wasn't ready. I, other people have said this. I'm yeah. not the first person to say this, but those are that's this is a siloed development with very resource constrained teams. I have a feeling Apple Music just wasn't ready yet for to be like part of Siri. It feels ludicrous that you could do so many other things with Siri that you could, for example, find things on Netflix with Siri, but you can't find Apple Music with Siri. Right? Like, how long is that going to be the redheaded stepchild? You know, it's that's that kind of thing is weird. But no, that was really that was really it. I mean, it's it's an interesting snapshot in time about like where Apple is right now to have you know, gotten so many, they fixed so much of the stuff that was really bad about Apple TV as it languished. They've added some fantastic new stuff, but I think some of the most interesting parts are where you like see a little bit of the cracks and seams. And uh, I don't know, that fascinates me. Well, the whole, the whole thing is fascinating, but I want to take a step back and, you know, it seems like there are, you, you've been a Mac user, Apple user since the beginning, like I have. And, 80, well, 87 and 88, 87, really. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, I would say the core time period. I mean, I was really lucky because we were really, uh, one, I guess one of the upsides uh, of my mom being a teacher at a community college is that I got to go to summer camp there and we wouldn't have been able to afford to send me to summer camp anywhere, but because she was a teacher there and teaching in the summer term, like I got to go to summer camp, which, which was great. And they had a computer lab there. I've told the story before, but like that's that was my introduction to computers is that one of the things that we got to do during summer camp was go and use computers. And 
they kind of divided us into two groups, the kids that wanted to just play games and the kids that wanted to learn to write basic. And of course, I wanted to learn to write basic. So I got to use the Apple IIs and the Apple IIc and like they taught us basic. And it was so much fun. I just, that, that was my introduction to computers at like 11, 12 years old. And of course, you know, it was Apple because Apple was the company that put computers in schools back then. That's those, right. those were the computers. I mean, we had some Commodore pets uh, also up on a different floor in a different area that I used to use when I was waiting to be picked up. But like, it was all Apple at that time. That's what you found in school. So I started mm-hmm. using Apple, but you know that I don't have a any. I don't have any kind of notions that like I, I, like when Apple does something good, I'm pleased because that means here's a good product that I'm going to be able to use, and I like that because Apple generally, you know, if they come out with something that's great, we've been talking about how much we love the iPad Air and how much we love our new 6S phones. If another company were to come out with something better, I would absolutely 100% use that thing. I just want the best stuff and I don't care who makes it, except where the the sort of privacy issues are concerned. So this is another place where like Apple is winning and Apple is, we feel like Apple is doing the right thing. They're taking great care to protect our privacy. They're taking great care to make devices and systems that we want to use and that we like to use and that, so the you know, but but the one thing that makes me different from a lot of the other people that are sort of in our, I would say, in our circle of of friends, whether they're writers or podcasters or whoever, is that I think they take it personally when Apple has a success. They kind of are like, yeah, like somehow they were almost involved in that, and even in the periphery because like they like Apple. Like when your team wins, you know, like when the Eagles win a game, which is more and more rare these days. Uh, but like when they win a game, like. I, I can't really take pride in them winning the game because I had nothing to do with their win. However, I was born and raised in Philly, so I like the Eagles. I, that's my attitude with Apple. I have nothing to do with Apple's success right now. That is, I'm, I don't work there. I'm not creating their products. I'm not on their executive board, right? But you feel like when Apple gets something right, that like that's your team and you're rooting for your team to win. And hmm. so when Apple comes out with something that is successful, it makes me happy because like they're in line with a lot of the values that I have, especially the privacy thing, especially, you know, the, the user usability thing and the fewer devices that I have to, so this, that's a long way of saying the fewer ecosystems I need to be a member of, the better, the fewer different kinds of devices I have to have, the better. And I've spent time with Android and I've spent time using, you know, Google play and I've spent time using these other systems and services and products that are out there. And the reason that I spent that money and spent that time was so that I would know, yes, Apple is actually the best because I, I don't just want to, Apple's the best. Why? Because they're the best. Well, why are they the best? Because they are. Have you used the other stuff? Don't need to. No, that's not, to me, that's the wrong attitude. I want to use everything else. I want to try it. And if I can come back from that experience and say, here's the things that are good in this other space and I really want to see Apple innovate there. I don't. I won't have that knowledge unless I try the other things. I think you're the same way, especially in in this particular area, right? Of like set top boxes and trying the other. Because we were just talking about Amazon Fire TV, and we you try the other device, you try all these different things, right? I mean, is your motivation the same kind of space? Like you want to know what the best thing is, or? Mm, 
Yeah, I, I feel like in some ways I, I hear what you're saying, and it is it's definitely you're describing an attitude that's a little bit different. I think than a lot of our friends. I think it's kind of refreshing. Uh, I, I think I might be even more weird, uh, <laughs> which is that you know, and I, I I don't like to belabor this, but this is the reason I will always be one of Apple's most difficult customers is because I have absolutely no intention of ever using other stuff, right. which makes me hell on wheels for Apple. <laughs> So it isn't like I can sit there and be that guy who goes, oh, when, you know, when the Nexus 35 comes out, it's going to really be an interesting time for inflection with the community. No, like I'm always going to use Apple stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the problem is, though, like I do have high expectations because, you know, uh, I, I don't like you say, like we're not involved in Apple. Right. We, we don't have to do any of the actual work. All we have to do is show up with a credit card every couple of years right. and then have a big opinion. Like, <laughs> and God knows there's enough of those. Yeah. But but um, but. Here's the other thing, though. It's, you know, I think about, for example, like right now, one thing that makes a lot of us, not just podcast publishers, but podcast fans, a little itchy right now is the obvious desire by a lot of uh, groups, teams, companies, publishers to try and lock down this medium, whether that's through the way that ads are handled, whether that's through the way various kinds of uh, distribution is done, whether it's a technological platform lock-in, whether it's something like Google who wants you to sign up for their their giant Big Ten as long as, oh, by the way, we're going to put ads after your podcast. There's all this kind of stuff where we go, oh, no, like, let's not ruin this. Like, the thing we like about podcasts is that it's an RSS feed. That's really it. It's so simple. It's it's plain. It's mm-hmm. simple. It's understandable. And what that means is that you know only a loser is going to go really screw up podcasts. The rest of us get to use any app we want on any platform, right? As long as it can turn an RSS feed into audio in my ears, it, anybody can do that. And the trouble is that a lot of the stuff that I really rely on um, is somewhere in between completely locked up and completely open. So for example, I learned a long time ago, I mean, during the lifetime of this show, admittedly, like I, I'm going to put my contacts into one ecosystem and then not mix it up. I used to use apps that would like try to like sync between Google and eventually I was like, no, no, I, I use, I use Google I use Google for calendar events and mail. I use Apple for contacts. I just, over time, and it's not even, to me, yeah, maybe it's the best. I don't know. I don't think of it that way. It was more like, this is the one that didn't break. And so this is the one I'm going to I'm gonna keep using. So, you know, as long as that stuff doesn't get screwed up by these various kinds of platforms and lock-in, but just back to the, where, the sort of nominal topic today, um, I, to me, the Amazon Fire TV was not an experiment. The Amazon Fire TV is what I use. Right. Like, it is... So it has been so far superior to Apple TV and it is still way faster. (laughs) I hate to say it. There's so many things that are way faster on the Fire TV than the Apple TV even now. It's crazy. But no, I mean, but the thing was, and as we've said in previous episodes, that puts me in a funny position now because... I would love Apple TV to be what I use. There was no way to get Plex on there. There was no way to get, you know, lots of stuff on there. You couldn't get uh, Amazon Prime. Not a huge deal for me. But what I arrived at out of just reality was that Amazon Fire TV is what I used on my TV for everything except the now, I think, 163 movies that I have bought from Apple and the various TV shows, right? And to stream music. But basically, a funny inversion happened where that became the primary device and Apple became the exception. Apple is like, oh, I guess if we want to go watch uh, 28 Days Later that we bought, we have to go over the Apple TV. So I think something you and I talked about is it would be great if just on merit, Mm -hmm. Apple TV went back to being the one that was the primary device. Yes. But 
I mean, again, your what's your biggest limitation is your number of HDMI ports at this point. If it's all just syncing media, and again, that's the beauty of Plex. Plex is a little smart robot that like keeps track of all your stuff, and you can watch it wherever you can watch Plex. That's why we've all been championing at the bit. So yeah, I, I guess I want it to be the best, but I, I mean, I, my needs are even more simple than that. I, I just want the one that's the least broken. And and sometimes, you know, it's considered somewhat objectionable by some people to go like, oh, you know, gosh, why would you be using this Amazon product? They're Apple's competitor. It's like, well, that's kind of an odd way to think about life. Like, what are you, Wall Street Journal? Like, relax. <laughs> Use the one that works for you. So um, that was the coming into it. I, I, you know, you should speak for yourself. But my feeling has been like, oh, my gosh, please, Apple TV, come out with something that's more powerful, that will do a little bit more stuff. It'd be nice if it had zazzy bits. But, you know, my biggest bitches were about performance, honestly. It was just that it was way underpowered. It would crash a lot. It would, you you know, it would not wake sometimes. There were all kinds of just basic functionality stuff where everybody else had caught up to being usable and and the Apple TV was still this disused hobby in the corner. So to me, that's the context for coming up to where we are now. How about you? Well, I mean, I think you've really nailed it because that's at the core is just the, and I like what you said and the chat room is echoing it as well as like the one that's the least broken. And we, you know, we have this concept that very much in the same way that there is a podcast that's just out there and it's an RSS feed and we can, we can use whatever we like, whatever client we want to pull that, that data down. We can listen to our shows on whatever platform or device or software we want. That's what we like about it. I feel like that's what we really want with our Apple TV or our device or our smart TV or whatever it is. I mean, I was seeing a few people tweeting yesterday that they were saying that they prefer the Netflix that's built into their TV than mm-hmm. than they do to the Netflix app that's in the new Apple TV. I've heard I've heard so many people say that. I have none of that configured. Neither do I. I just, I, I, I wrote it and all I have, off. I have dedicated buttons. There's dedicated freaking buttons for those on my Vizio. And I, I have never configured any of them because I despise doing anything with the TV's interface. Me but too. I've heard, you're right. Between TiVo and smart TVs, I've heard a lot of people. But again, this is, again, part of this whole thing of like, you know, it didn't occur to me really until the last month, because I haven't had cable, I haven't really relied on cable in years, as how many people now think of cable not just as the dumb pipe, but also as the DVR. Like how important that is for people. Like Jim, Jim Dalrymple, like he's very into watching stuff that he's DVR'd on his Comcast. Right. And I forget about that. I forget that it isn't just a dumb pipe anymore. It isn't just a matter of watch it live or TiVo. There's the in-between part. But again, now Comcast, what's Comcast? Comcast has their own reasons for doing this stuff. I'm sure they have very sophisticated relationships with those content providers about a la Hulu, like how long something will be there and, you know, under what conditions and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, that's, that's, it, it is interesting. It's a, just, you know, part of it is what you get used to, like what's easy, what requires the least remotes. It's easy to overthink this stuff, but... Again, to go back to Chairman Syracuse, you know, his, uh, to paraphrase him, you know, the test for a set-top de- uh, device is, like, how long does it take to go from this thing isn't on to I'm watching what I want to see? Yeah. I mean, you can really overcomplicate a lot of this, but almost everything that's on that device should be, to m- in my mind, primarily working in the service of, if there's something I want to watch, how do I get from there here to there? And then, how do I interact with that in a sensible way? And TiVo, you know has been pretty good about that. Apple TV, not always so great about that, you know? So that's how we kind of got, got to here. Well, I think we, they, Apple has made a lot of improvements and, you know, it's, it's interesting because this is 
this is very much the new Apple TV, where we haven't seen a new Apple TV or Apple TV interface of any kind for a very long time. I mean, little iterations here and there. We've seen new channels, but it's been, a, I don't know how many years. Uh, but it's, you know, this is the first time we've seen a true reinvention in as much as iOS 7 was a, a rethinking and a reinvention of what we thought of as iOS, right? And everything mm-hmm. before that was iterating, iterating, iterating. And then we had a thing and they said, all right, we're getting rid of all of that. And here's this new thing. And it's very different. That's exactly what they did with the Apple TV. And they also didn't just, I mean, yes, the hardware is a little taller. That's basically the same, but they, the, the remote is a completely changed thing. And there is, I don't think is a remote like this out there, both the good and the bad, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, again, it's a physical change in the way that you interact with the TV at the same time that there is a software change that defines that interaction as well. So I don't know how you want to jump into this, but there's a live, a lot of thoughts on it. I do too. Um, maybe you uh, will give ourselves some runway. Why don't you tell me about something you like? Let me tell you about Linda. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. Wouldn't that make a fun Apple TV app? Get a Linda oh, app on there? Oh, God, that's such a good idea. They're gonna have, that's, I a mean, no, that's a no-brainer. That, is that a freebie? I, I, yeah, I'm gonna, they're going to have to run with it, but... Okay, you know, you're just an idea guy. This is what I do. Lynda.com slash back to work is the URL. It's all, all spelled out back to work is the place to go to, to support this show. And, uh, and if you go there, you'll get a free 10 day trial. During the 10 days, you have access to all of their on-demand video courses, all of them, over 3000 of them. And the way these courses are designed is genius. A lot of us, we have a specific thing that we want to do. Like, let's say you're editing a podcast and you're like, okay, I, I, I have got these three different sections of this interview. I want to cut it. I want to move it. I want to blend them together. I want to take out this cough right here and where the Skype had a problem here. And like, I just want to learn how to quickly and efficiently shift this stuff around. I don't know how to do that. Do I really have to sit there and watch like three hours of these courses? You don't. And that's the genius of Linda and the way they're set up. You can jump just to the section of their logic uh, tutorial that's going to show you how to do this one thing and you can get out of there. Later on, when you've got time and you want to like watch the advanced course on this stuff, you can do it. You can jump in and jump out, or you can watch them and you can rearrange them. You can make them in little playlists for yourself, take them on the go. They've got iOS apps. They've got Android apps. They've, you can watch it on your computer. It, it's just great. And even have this thing that lets you take notes as you go, and you can go back to it later. And they have course transcripts, so you can follow along. You can search for the answer. You can skip to the point. That's great stuff. Linda's got it all figured out. Go to Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash back to work. Sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thanks very much to Linda for supporting this program, Merlin Mann. Bok, bok. Hmm. Where do we uh, find a handle on this suitcase? Well, I, I don't know. Do we want to talk about the wonderful new things or the things that we have a beef with? Uh, or, or do you think that we just just mix it all up and just... Yeah, I mean, I don't. I uh, well, I read your notes. Say, I have your notes. Here well, yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're looking for a uh, completely um, positive um, fawning review of this, uh, you might want a different program. Right. But uh, there is 
here's the here's the difficult part, and I let's get this out of the way. Mm. And you can tell me if this is if I'm going off the handle here. It's difficult not. It's difficult to start talking about the fourth generation Apple TV without talking about the giant effing elephant in the room, which is the the difficulty of the complexity, the time consumingness of setting up a new Apple device in 2015. Oh man. So I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to start out negative, but maybe, well, let's, you know is, what? No, you're onto something. You're onto something big. Cause you can't get to the fun <laughs> until you've you got get to set it up. Past. Yes. And there are so many problems that are complicated, like difficult problems to solve that, this device really, really bubbles up. And so, I mean, I kind of feel like it's difficult to talk about how great any of this stuff is until you talk about, uh, I mean, there was a graphic going, I tried to find this before the show, but there's a graphic going around. Now, this is a little bit, you know, reductive, but somebody had basically put up this graphic showing um, the screens to set up an original, I think an original iPhone or yes, iPhone. Yes, to the new one, Yes. Now, I, I, I honestly, well, that's a little bit unfair because uh, of this one tiny fact, which is that it does a lot more today. Right. Like, and you want it to be secure. Like, you want to have your passwords checked and two-factored and all that stuff. That's all good stuff. Um, but it is kind of funny that, you know, there's a handful of screens originally. And now, I mean, what is it? Like, there, there, must, there must be at least 20 screens that you go through. I set up my wife's new phone last night, and I don't even have enough things in the place to knock on. <laughs> it, was, it went so well. You know, I, I had to explain to her, like, give me your phone. This this might take an hour, or it might take two weeks. <laughs> and there's absolutely no way. Your lap, people laugh, but I'm telling you, if you've ever had a restore go wrong, you forgot to tick off encrypted backup, oh, guess what? It's in the cloud, but you're not sure. You might be getting icons kind of showing up on your device for two days to two weeks, and they're still kind of showing up, kind of maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still have an icon. I can't tell what it is. I've got an icon that's got the little uh, pattern. It says waiting right. on the second page of my iPad. It's been there for weeks. I can't even tell what it is. <laughs> that just happens because that's that's life. But it was it could not have been any smoother. I didn't. I it was almost like I didn't recognize what was happening. I did it. I did a backup. It did not prompt me with all the stuff that couldn't be backed up. Everything backed up fine to the computer. It was encrypted. Everything went great. And I was like, wait, wait. That only took like forty five minutes. We're only like uh, halfway into Book of Life, and this thing's already uh, backed up. Hmm. I thought something must be wrong because I'm so. <laughs> So used, used to, to tearing my hair I know, out. I know. <laughs> and then the restore went fine. It activated fine. And pretty soon she's doing Siri and fingerprint setup. And the whole thing took yeah, a little over an hour. So that happens. But like that doesn't happen as much as it used to. We talked about this setting up our new successes. Like what you go through with it not with it like rejecting what you think is the iCloud password for this thing when then you get an interstitial pop-up for a different iCloud account and Maybe this is another show, but I think if if I, I I wouldn't have said this two months ago as strongly, but like I don't know how you do this. I know this is a difficult problem. I've been involved. I was involved secondarily, tertiarily, in a single sign-on project for the internet for a large bank, and it seems so simple. It seems like oh, you're just going to create a page with two fields on it. It's like no. <laughs> Single sign-on is so much more complicated than most people understand. We've talked about this a little bit, but it's one of those classic you know, web design problems where you go to the user, for that to seem easy, think about Google, when you first saw Google. For Google to have the temerity to put up a website with one field and a button, or two fields, I guess, you know, I, I feel lucky or whatever, 
Do you know how much engineering went into getting that down to one field? The more engineering, the more, the fewer fields and entries you want, the more engineering behind the scenes that it takes. Because there's all these different requirements, all these different silos. It's incredibly difficult. But all I'm saying is like, I was pretty frustrated by Friday afternoon. Um, so should we talk a little bit about setup? Yeah. I mean, the, the, part of it, part of it is insanely great in the old school Apple way. And part of it is, are you kidding me? You know, well, should we just start with the insanely great part? Well, the insanely great part, I have, for whatever reason, never done the little thing where it says, if you've already got an iPhone, you can set up this Apple TV with your iPhone. I think that's new. I had never done it. I'd never seen it. I loved it. I thought that was amazing. And I'm like, this this is why we like Apple. This. Well, this is this is Apple. I think arguably Apple at its best. Yes. Which is you get this beautiful box that arrives. You take it out. You plug it in. In my case, I was feeling so lazy. I just merely I didn't even check the the voltages and everything. I unplugged my old Apple TV. Successfully you plugged in my new. You did not use Apple. the same cable. <laughs> use the same. Everything. No, you did not. <laughs> I want this thing. I want it so much. And then uh, and then how does it appear? It appears on your TV screen, right? That's right. It says. If you want the, if you want to set this device, I went through, I whipped through this thing so fast, you can't even believe it. But it was like, you can set this up, bring your, you know, a high the near, like come up to the Apple TV, get nearby with your phone. And it basically throws that login to your phone. Oh, but by the way, if you've got a really long password, you probably don't have in the clipboard. <laughs> You'll have to do it a couple of times, but it's pretty great. You don't have to do the setup with Wi-Fi, you know, mine's wired, but still, you don't have to do any of that stuff. That part I thought was pretty incredible. I so you, you I basically no, I get your phone nearby, and I guess Bluetooth, with Bluetooth on, it knows, I don't know how it does it, but it knows that's your phone there, everything's okie-dokie. It says, you enter in, put your phone near the Apple near the TV. Apple, Apple so TV. You, you, you put it near the Apple TV, and I guess it's it, that's how it knows which phone to pull the stuff from. And But what I thought was really neat, and I will say, I got this delivered to my uh, my private man office, and took it home and because this information about wi-fi networks was stored on my phone it knew my home network also even though i didn't so i did not have to go about setting it up at home oh again. really right i had it here at the work office uh, the, the the work network Okay. And brought it home and plugged it in. It was just it was just on the it was just there. So I don't know if that was a Well here here's an interesting thing to think about and uh is I wonder if you could bring essentially any iOS device, compliant iOS device with Bluetooth near it. Because what it's really it's really all about entering your credentials mm-hmm. on the on a an Apple phone. Right. So unless somebody had your credentials I mean, it, it seems like it could work with any iOS device, even if it's not yours, yeah, right? sure. All it's doing is throwing and saying, okay, here's your chance. You can enter this in. You don't have to use the dingus. You can use your phone and type like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. But then once you do that, it does a little handshakey thing. It knows everything's copacetic. But that, so that part was great. Because, that was really great. You know, again, the more complexity you add to these things, the more little silos there are. And I thought... Two, two of the two of the parts of setup that I will just I cannot speak to strongly enough were the setup. One setup you realized was cool, and one setup you may not even have realized is cool. The first one they got that right. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, and I did have to do it twice because I wanted to go to one password, get my password. I don't want to type that in. It's you know not an easy password, uh, and so that worked. But you know what else? The remote setup. 
I don't, I don't think, I wonder how many people realize how bananas it is. Like what happened to have their remote be able to control their TV without them having to enter codes and stuff like that. Now there's, you know, is there a power, you know, talking about? you know, I totally do. Is there a power with the, with the TV? Like, can you, can you turn the TV itself on and off with the What do you have to do to make that magic happen? Uh, well, you know, uh, forgive me. Cause I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I'll get this exactly right. My understanding is that there's something called, I think it's called HDMI CEC. CEC is yes. this kind of, it's a pretty wacky old school way of controlling devices. That's basically it's somewhere between semaphore and sonar. Like it's, it's not super intelligent. So if you've ever had those situations where your remote, it seems to be working and then it's confused about whether it's turning the TV on or off. Right. Or like it's perma off, like that's sometimes wonky CEC. Don't get Syracuse started on this. But I think what happens is with HDMI CEC, I think what happens is essentially it's able to blast like a whole bunch of signals through HDMI and without you having to, like if you ever had to configure like your, like a Harmony remote, Mm -hmm. you know how frustrating it can be to sit there and you might've gotten the model that's almost yours, but not quite. So not everything on it works. I think what happens is it does this blast of like, is it this, is it this, is it this? And without you having to do anything in my case, I'll speak for myself without me having to do anything. My Apple remote learned how to turn my TV on and off, how to control the volume. And so consequently now, if I press and hold the home button, it sleeps the Apple TV and turns off the TV. Oh, so that's what I need to do. Yeah, exactly. Because I know know it it did volume just fine. And I didn't know if there was another secret, what the secret key. So you're saying hold down. Well, let let me just, let me make this life easy for everybody. If you are a recent fourth generation Apple TV user, there is a, don't link to these folks too much, but uh, there is a fantastic collection on Mac Rumors. If you go to show notes for this episode, which will be at 5x5.tv slash B2W slash 245, yeah. go look at that link, dude. And that's, this is, I wish this existed for every device. I, w- <laughs> I would love to have a list like this for Siri on the phone. So for example, here's some tricks you may not know. I, I learned a lot from this. So everybody knows you use a menu button. It's like the iPod, right? Use menu to go back yeah. or up. Yeah. You press, did you know if you press the menu button twice on your Siri remote, it turns on the screensaver? That's kind of cool. And you can go straight to screensaver if you want. So you press the home button once from anywhere. It takes you to the home screen. I'm reading from this page on Mac Rumors, an article written by Joe Rossignol. Um, something that I heard about but forgot about was the app switching. You hit the home button twice, click, click, and you have an app switcher now. You can go to your recent apps. To me, that was pretty mind And you can quit them by flicking up. I know. I know. How crazy is that? Yeah, exactly. That's another another great one to know. Um, lots of good stuff to see. HDMI CEC or IR. Hmm. But those two parts, I have to say, and I, I and who knows, like like Syracuse has talked about, CEC has some forgetfulness problems where sometimes CEC gets confused or lost or out of sequence or something. I don't know exactly how it works, but it's happened to me where like a remote kind of forgets what it's supposed to do. But in the whatever four days of using this, it's the remote, that, that, that aspect of the remote has worked fine for me. Well, I didn't know the secret to holding it down to putting it, uh, the turning the TV off, but the volume worked right away. And I just assumed that was like, the HDMI CEC thing. I didn't know how that worked. Didn't need to know how it worked. It just worked right away. And it's funny because my kid is so well-trained that he's walking back and forth to go and, and use the TV. We, we have, inf- we have a, a remote placement policy in our house that all That's of smart, that is very smart. All of the remotes must be put back on the mantle of the fireplace that we've never used. So 
he, uh, he will put it back there and he was walking back and forth to adjust the volume. I'm like, dude, it's, it's on, it's on the remote. He's like, Oh, okay, cool. And he was way less impressed with that than I was because we spent our whole lives wishing for that. Right. Uh, but like those little things are super, super handy. Yeah. Another thing that's kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know if this is CEC or how this works, but I've noticed for what, however long I've had the fire TV that the fire TV seems to always win. Like if I pick up the fire TV, <laughs> if we accidentally sit on the fire TV remote, it switches to the fire TV. If you hit any of the buttons on the fire TV, I'm guessing that's probably a CEC thing. I don't know. I didn't like, but, I saw that too. And I actually didn't like that part of it, but the, the, I didn't either. Yeah. Does the Apple but, TV but the, do the that? Same, this Apple, Apple remote does the same thing. Okay. So if you're using your fire TV, like I had absentmindedly, uh, I was already habituated to using the volume on the Apple TV. So with the fire TV on, as the input, I used the volume on the Apple TV, the Siri remote, and it switched it over to Apple TV. Which, I, I it's kind of a good thing, I guess. It's smart. It knows that maybe this is what you meant to be using instead of that. But uh, yeah, also, I also unprogrammed my uh, uh, remote because I had accidentally stepped on some things of my master remote. Anyway, um, but I thought, I thought those two things were uh, extremely good. No, but, excellent. I mean, no, no, no complaints so far. We're 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 this in good is, shape. This is where it gets ugly. Yeah, and so funny because like last Wednesday, I recorded uh, the Dow Report with our friend Jim, and I was I was being real sage, Dan. As you know, I'm a very smart guy. I like to help people. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, we're all really excited. Apple TV is coming. So here's my two tips for my my you know my 1.5 tips for you. It is no fun to enter anything above a C minus password using an Apple remote. So here's the smart guy thing to do. Be ready. Did you guys know you can use the remote app on your iPhone to control your Apple TV and type? So make sure you got that. You know, failing at that, you can always have a Bluetooth keyboard nearby. Like a lot, I think a lot of people still never knew that, that, that you can use a Bluetooth keyboard on an Apple TV third generation the, and earlier. The two things I would list as things that make the Apple TV great. You have your wonderful, you have any Bluetooth keyboard that you want and uh, and and you also have this really awesome remote app ready to go at any time on any iOS device that you have, even an iPod Touch, anything ready to go. If you're yeah. if you're like me, you have a, a Logitech Bluetooth Easy Switch keyboard, the K810 uh, or the K811. That thing can control three different Bluetooth devices. You grab that thing, hit uh, hit F3, boom, you're typing right on your Apple TV. Screw entering in passwords. With that right. ridiculous remote, you get a keyboard. You're a power That's, user. You're not an animal, no. and like so. The, but the remote app. It's funny because I, I I get the feeling that like even among geeks, there are some people who don't know what all you can do with the remote app. Right. And so, first of all, once you've you know configured it and you know paired it with your let's be clear, <laughs> third generation and earlier Apple TVs, um, not the current one. Uh, the remote app enables you to have a it had a swipe interface on there. It had it has obviously as a keyboard. You get a little boop, a little um, taptic thing <laughs> right. or whatever, a little blip, and it says, "Okay, there's start typing, Johnny. You got a you got a field here." Um, but you can also control iTunes with it. I think a lot of folks may not know that. If it's if you have that on home sharing on, you can control the music on your computer uh, through remote. It's really cool. It's been a fantastic app, and you know it's one of those things where we're, we'll we'll get to the nut of this actual problem in a second. But that's always been great. But guess what? <laughs> I I don't know. I probably wasted fifteen minutes trying to figure out because I had heard Jim had told me that oh no, actually Bluetooth keyboard no longer supported on Apple TV. Now why do you think that is? 
This he told me that last week. Yeah, I didn't know that, and I'm sitting here trying to pair an Apple. Why would that? Why would that be? I don't know. I kept trying to pair key. I had an Apple keyboard. I had this Logitech keyboard, which literally pairs with everything. It'll pair with anything I've ever tried to pair it to that understands the concept of a keyboard. And I thought I was doing something wrong. And I'm like, wow. I I and I Googled it. And I'm, and I'm seeing like now it doesn't sound like, well, of course it supports it because like all of the Apple TVs forever have supported it. And this is, this is what makes Apple TV great. It's in like, it's in like K-Base articles. Right. It says that starting with, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, again, Occam's Razor. It's, this is a rethinking and a re, this is, I don't think they just cloned the old repo and like made a couple changes. I think, I think this is a new OS, right? It's it's a from the bottom up OS, and maybe that's just something they decided not to put in for some reason. Whatever. So no Bluetooth keyboard. That you know, okay, fine. That's a weird kind of edge case kind of thing, I guess. But guess what? Remote doesn't work anymore. You can't use remote with your Apple TV, right? And so that was oh, that a, was a huge a, thing. For, I was really expecting to see an update to the remote app that oh, sure. that Friday. Well, and you just think about, again, think ecosystem. I mean, secondary, tertiary, there's so many different things we want to be able to do with all of our different parts and remote makes that easy and oh, isn't life great. But uh, I don't, I don't know if I read where I, if or where I read this officially, but I sat there with the remote app and I'm going like, okay, am I being an ignoramus? Like, am I just forgetting how to do this? So I'm going to settings, tick, 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 tick. I'm flipping around trying to find where to pair it up. You can't. So that means that guess what? Anything now where you have to enter your password in, and guess what? There's several things where you're going to have to enter a password in. You're going to have to do with the dingus using the new keyboard. How many? And and and, and here's the thing. This is where we get to the nut of this. I don't I don't I don't want to be a dick about this. But if you don't find it difficult to set up an Apple TV using a remote, your passwords suck ass. It's ridiculous. Yes. I think my concern here is. That anybody who says, oh, I never had a problem with it. I'm like, really? Well, you, you should have had a problem with it. If you found it that easy to do, I don't want to get into the whole thing. But I'm just saying, like, this is why people have crappy passwords. Or why they reuse passwords. Or why they want something they can type just using the lowercase keyboard. Right. Just lowercase, never having to switch with, to numbers. And now you want it almost sequentially because you've got to swipe across and it's real easy to overshoot uh. or miss. I mean, things where, like, there are things like for certain kinds of browsing the glass touch surface is great. Like the fact that you can kind of, it does have acceleration. So you can kind of go floop and like go pretty fast through like a, a list. But like, you don't, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'll probably get better at this over time, but you know, it's just, so like, what are some of the passwords? Well, you've already, so this is Jason Snow went through this. This one was bananas. So like you've logged in, it's got your iCloud set up. Okay. Well, what if you want, like in my case, I, Gruber talked about this too. I guess I'm a weirdo. I have one account that I use for media stuff and buying things. That's my old original .Mac account. And then I have another more modern iCloud account that I use for my stuff stuff. You know what I mean? Right. So it separates the like anybody, the family can use this to like, you know, for media stuff and purchases. And then over here is the stuff with all my contacts and mail and all that stuff. Or photos, right? So I signed up using my media account. That was the one that I put in as my initial iCloud account. Well, that's good in the sense that now all my purchases show up, but it's bad in the sense that all my photos that show up are things I only happen to have shared with myself. So I've got like seven photos that show up in the photos. Maybe not a huge deal, but let's say you want a different game center. You want to be a different login for game center. You want a different login for media versus... I mean, is this making sense? There's, I think, up to like three different... 
like you got Game Center, you've got General iCloud, you've got the purchases like iTunes Store stuff. Well, there's a pretty good chance that one of those is going to be different and you're going to have to change it. Well, guess what? Start over. You got to go type the email. And it does remember recent things you've typed that are non-secure, which is kind of cool. So you can go, there's a recent thing where you can say, okay, go reuse this email address. That's cool. But now you got to go into your password again. Okay, great. So now I've entered my password at least twice. That's great. Now, did you get this? The first time you go to download something from the app store, are you there? Yeah. It prompts you for your password again. No, I totally saw that. Okay. So that counts. As, you get this really weird mystery meet pop-up that a lot of people are freaking out about, which is even when you get something free, you remember like fairly recently on iOS, they changed it from buy to get. So if it's a free download, right. it just says get. It says get. Yeah. So that was confusing to people. Like, uh, well, on your TV, the first time you download anything, like if you go to download the Netflix app, which is free, it's, <laughs> you get this inscrutable pop-up that's something like, you know, this purchase uh, doesn't cost anything, but you still have to enter your password the first time and then verify that you want it to remember that in the future. Am I getting this right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And and this is, by the way, this has been one of my biggest concerns because typing, typing is so hard on this thing that the first time I went through it, I said, oh yeah, you know, always remember this. Don't do the 15 minute thing. Don't do the, never ask me for this again. Just always remember it. And then... I set this thing up at home and I realized, great, my kid's going to be using this. And he Mm -hmm. knows exactly what an app store is. He's better in the app store than I am. Mm -hmm. And every time he's looking at something now, he'll be like, and I'm jumping way ahead with, to the series stuff, but that's fine. But he'll, he'll, he'll say, you know, find, I don't know, uncle grandpa or go play uncle grandpa. And so it does the search. And of course it finds it in, I guess it's, uh, is it Netflix that has that? But it'll it's also on, show uh, iTunes. Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. Thank you. It'll find. I've a, been. I've been. I've been on the death march through Uncle Grandpa. Yes, we're on it. And he'll. <laughs> it's not. That's not good pre-bedtime viewing. Oh, not for uh, me either. Mm. And he'll look. It'll find it on Hulu. But of course, it shows it on iTunes. And then he'll click the iTunes. It'll be like, oh, there's new ones here. I'm like, D- but don't do those. He's like, I'm just gonna get this one. I'm like, no, it's three dollars. He's like, but that's okay, right? I'm like, no, it's not okay. You can't right, right. watch those and. Uh, so now I, ha- I, I'm going to have to undo that setting. Oh no. Because he, I know that eventually, even though I've told him not to, he'll get all crazy one night and he'll just buy one. You know what I mean? Like I, it'll, or it'll be an accidental tap. Oh, it's so easy to do accident. When I get my iPad back after my daughter's play with it, I cannot even believe what I'm looking at. Like I've watched her, like, I don't think she does. She knows we don't buy stuff. We don't pay for video i mean we'll buy video games we don't buy coins and bars and crap right. we just don't do that right. that's not going to happen charge me ten dollars for your app once that's fine <laughs> but we're not going to get into this whole candy crush thing that's not going to happen in our house but uh you know if she i've seen like all these videos that are loaded up in safari that she uh intentionally or unintentionally clicked on all these ads that have launched in safari because of the video game she was playing like I, there's you know screw those guys they're they're deliberately making so that kids are oh are, yeah it's that's disgusting but you're right oh my god you're how are you gonna do that i'm I'm gonna have to type the password and 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 the only and i use really good passwords so they're really hard to type they've got letters they've got numbers they've got uppercase lowercase it's a nightmare it's so the thing is it's stressful and i I don't want to get into a whole and i can't i've got no remote app now and i've got no keyboard now but it's so anxiety producing well here's here's a situation i've got i've got a lot of like i save stuff in one password but there are a handful of things where i've changed the password and bad on me i have it in there twice now 
So, and I, you know, the thing is, if I'm doing that on the Mac, I hit command slash, it enters it, it goes bonk, wrong one. I go, okay, command slash, I grab the other one, ting, everything's fine. Okay, that took five seconds on a Mac. That takes 10 seconds on iOS right. with the extension. Right. Try entering in a 22-character password with, with uh, upper lower numbers and numericals or, and, uh, and symbols. Try doing that in like less than a minute and get it right the first time. Because you got the dots will echo, right? You can't see what you've typed. You don't know. Did you just do the uh, you just do the closing parentheses twice? Well, you're not going to find out for another minute because you're still typing for it. Right. It's, it's just it's hard to explain to people. Like if you don't have a halfway decent password for stuff, like it's hard to describe like how anxiety producing this process is. You know, because and again, well, again on the web, like there's stakes. Like if you get your PayPal password wrong too many times, you might just not have money anymore. <laughs> That's right. It just goes away. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, there's stakes. Yes. When like a little kid plays with your phone, they start just typing in passwords, you know, stop, stop. If you do five more of those, my phone will erase. Yeah. Like quit. Like I'm habituated to being very, I treat it like this. It's a sacrament to me. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I take it extremely seriously. I'm not showing up at church in my flip flops saying put a cookie in my mouth. Like I'm taking this seriously. And I don't think this is an interface. We should get off this soon. But like, I, if you're not having a problem with this, Listen to me. You should be having a problem with this. If there's anybody, and again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to bag on the team because we're about to tell you so much about what we love about the new Apple TV. But like the thing is, this is, this is a problem we need to solve. Like two factor authentication has been a really, has been a really good thing. And mostly, unless you're configuring a new device, I don't mind two factor authentication. Like I'm okay with it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It hasn't been like Dropbox. I never stay logged in with Dropbox. I just say always, you know, just throw that this way. Anyway, I don't want to get too far into this, but you know, that first, you think about like the days, again, back to our old friends at uh, what used to be called 37 signals. One of the things they really pioneered was the first run. You know, I, I do not like the phrase onboarding. I think it's lazy, but we'll call it first run. Like when you first used any 37 signals app, it was always like, Oh, I see how to do this. Yeah. There's just enough information in here. It asks me just enough information to get me started and then gives me just enough information that can start actually using it. And like, then you discover what you need to as you go along. If you want to get an Apple TV configured from the ground up, um, I think it would be conservative to say it's going to take an hour. If it were somebody who was not, I mean, if your passwords suck, you might be fine. Like that might, it might take you no time at all. But like, I would set aside like two hours. Like it's going to take you a while to do this. Um, some things are easier than others. YouTube, did, does that little handoff thing where, what do you call that? Oh, where, you're, like where you, you go to, it'll say, go to this special URL slash something else and enter this seven character code. Right. So YouTube was good at that. Um, that third-party Plex app, um, Simplex, Simplex did that very well. That was, I was, my mind was boggled that that worked. They say, go to this page, enter this pin, and it signs you on to your server, your own Plex server. It was really weird. Those two were great, but there were, there's a lot of, you know, what Netflix, that's going to want, um, Netflix wanted to log in with a password. Amazon, I'm trying to remember. Amazon is usually so good about this. Oh no, it doesn't have Amazon. What am I saying? Um, Netflix, what were the other ones? I see. There's Netflix, there's Hulu, there's YouTube, there's Hulu, Hulu. I had to log in with Hulu. I forgot. I did subscribe via Apple TV initially and then canceled it. So even though my login is still in there under subscriptions, but it's not up to date. So I have to use my other login. So now I got to go to one password. Uh, show me the path. You know, again, all of these, like each one of these is a different login. It's, is, do you think there's any way they could ever do something like a, 
Let me put it this way. I, I, I remember there was this weird time back when I had a Sprint phone. And it was the craziest thing. My Sprint phone was really was just a weird little flip phone. It was like an old Samsung phone. Mm-hmm. But you know what's cool about it? Was you could do stuff like enter in bookmarks. You could enter in. There's all kinds of stuff you could do through a web interface on your computer where it would then all be like working on your phone. I would never want to use T9 or or anything. So like <laughs> have to enter anything on one of those old flip phones. They took the pain out of that by realizing that, oh, you'd much rather do this on your computer. It doesn't it seem like there should be some way using Apple ID for you to authenticate with what you need to authenticate to through iOS. In other words, all of the services, all of the services that you would want, right? It, in part, it must be, yes. It must be up to the developers of the apps. My only real bitch with the Plex app was that the keyboard was, there's some weird stuff about the keyboard. Like it felt weird using it. It didn't have, like, I like it when they do things like give you the .com, .net, yeah. like, you know, those kinds of things. It didn't have a recent in it, because I guess is recent common to the last app you used, but I had to, I had to do everything from the ground up on the Plex app. That's my only real bitch about that. But no, I mean, like, that's, I realize what I'm asking is very difficult, but I, I was saying to some friends, like, I would not feel comfortable giving this to a civilian unless, they, unless I was there to help them set it up. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I just think if you're really going to go set up a bunch of these apps and really use this stuff and really have a decent, just basic level of security to what you're doing, it's it's either going to be difficult or you're doing it wrong. I remember seeing the handoff thing for the first time when I was setting up a Roku a couple of years ago. And I was super impressed with that, that I could sit there and yes, I needed another device and the other device really needed to be a computer so it wouldn't keep redirecting me to the mobile experience. But you know, like I had, I had a computer there and I said, okay, I've got to go set up these different apps that we use on the Roku. And each one of them presented me with that handoff. It's here's the URL and uh, Showtime. Showtime was the other one that I did this with on uh, the Apple TV where they give you a URL. You go to showtimeanywhere.com slash activate and you type in the code and there you're set up. So that kind of thing I thought was really, that's okay. Like I don't mind doing that. Anything that makes it so I don't have to type on these strange keyboards. Right, right. And I mean, I, I more than one person in my Twitter world has written to me to say that, no, they actually did the thing. They did the thing. <laughs> Where they went and they changed their password to something brain-numbingly stupid yeah. just so they would be able to log in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, talk about an anti-pattern. I know. Guys, that is not the direction we want to be walking. The other thing is, like on the Fire TV, and again, I realize this has more to do with the app's individual developers than the device, but like, I love device pairing. I think it's called device pairing with YouTube, the YouTube app. So, I mean, AirPlay is not available everywhere. And also, I think AirPlay has its limitations. For example, like I'll be on my iPad watching a video, um... And I, I, forgive me if everybody already knows this, but at least on the Amazon Fire TV's YouTube app, you can pair your devices such that you basically, it says, okay, pair this device. And then the page on Apple, uh, on Amazon Fire TV says, okay, go to youtube.com slash pair and enter in this six digit code. And now, and you name it, and now your iPad can throw videos to a queue. You can throw, you first you can throw that video straight to the Amazon Fire TV. Have you done this? I've not. I know people do it, and I feel like I'm the only person that that does not do. No, this. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, when I discovered this though. Is it's great, and here's why: because once you've thrown it to the TV, you can do anything else with your device that you want. Right? You don't have to leave it up and running like you would if it was like you know. 
like running a YouTube. Right, it's like a re. It's like a redirect. That it's throwing. It's when I say throwing it, I mean it's not tethered. It's saying it's just sent. I think it's just throwing a URL to the device and saying, "Okay, now go play this app or go play this video." I'm going to go do other stuff, and it's got a queue. So if you and your kid are watching, like, oh, let's watch Beatles videos or whatever, yeah. you can just throw those into a queue and it'll just play all of them on the TV. That's amazing and easy to do. And I don't think it's in the current YouTube app on Apple TV. I just feel like oh. this is something that, and, and if the keyboard was better, I don't think we'd be complaining so much. It's just, it's a combination. And this is for the benefit of the people who haven't gotten one of these Apple TVs yet or haven't used the remote, that the remote And I understand that you can adjust the sensitivity of the trackpad. Right. And I have tried it a few different ways. I think it's still on medium. But it's it's very easy to overshoot the letters. It's very easy to pick the wrong letter. It's very easy to go past the show that you want. And the idea of using a keyboard and having letters A through Z all be in a row. So for people who haven't seen this or haven't seen the screenshots, go look at them. The alphabet is from A to Z, left to right, uh, instead of being in a keyboard pattern. And, and it doesn't wrap around. It does not wrap around. So if you, A lot of Amazon Fire TV interfaces will wrap around, which is an incredible time saver. That, you know what I mean by wrap around, like asteroids. Like if you could fly all the way to the right and flick right, <laughs> it, the cursor reappears on the left. Yes. Uh, Asteroids. Remember asteroids? Yes, no, I do. It's a perfect way to do it. You go out off one edge of the screen, you come back on the other edge of the screen. So what? The, the, this, <laughs> this doesn't do that. So you're, you're, if your password is like Apple, you have to go from A and then swipe to P and then swipe to L and then go all the way back. So it's incredibly time-consuming. I don't know why they did that, and I can't understand why they did it except to say – you can swipe, and when you swipe, it keeps going, and it's really easy and fast to get from what that like they're trying to teach us something. Apple, right? Is. Well, I mean, you know, everybody knows their ABCs. If they're if you're if you're a big enough human to use this, you know your ABCs. That makes sense. One thing we also must mention: I think this is standard on every. I don't know if it's standard, but you've got to learn this if you haven't. I didn't learn this until I'd already entered in a lot of passwords. If you long press, like first of all, go start out. Always start out in lowercase. Yes, yeah. like. So you'll get like basically three keyboards, and this is another one of these janky things that's been around forever on these boxes. You'll have lowercase, uppercase, and special symbols. Uh, Start out in lowercase, and I know you know this probably, but if you're on like a T, a lowercase T, do a long press, and you get two buttons now. One is, do you want this to be an uppercase T? And the other is the uh, delete button. Right. The back delete button. Oh my gosh, really use this. This will save you so much time. Because if you don't, it's so tedious. Oh, Even God, with like, that, it's it's still tedious. I use a lot of dashes and passwords, yeah. and like I, I always have to like the dashes. I like actually the dash. I think is at the bottom, but like parentheses. Any of those, you got to go to special characters. If you want to knock the Thorpe, you got to go to the special characters. Anyway, we shouldn't dwell on this for too long. But it's you know it's um, why though why why can't we pair a Bluetooth keyboard? Real, there's a reason they made a decision not to. Why did they do that? This is a decision because you can pair the, – the remote is Bluetooth. You can right. pair other Bluetooth remotes. You can do all this other stuff. Why do you think Apple chose – made a conscious decision not to support keyboards? It, it is supported in other Apple TVs. They're all about the Bluetooth keyboard. Why? Uh, every reason I can think of doesn't 
make, I mean, I'm trying to, again, like, let's, I'm trying to get out of this attitude of just going like, Apple is this or Apple is that. Well, Apple is hundreds and or thousands of incredibly smart people working as hard as they can. Yeah. So I'm done trying to just like say everything's good or bad because it's Apple, yes or no. No, there must be a reason. And like the most, only reason I could think of is, well, there, here's the reasons I can think of. Uh, security. Is there something about supporting these other kinds of Bluetooth devices that's insecure for some reason? Hmm. Like, could somebody hijack it? If hijack they had if a you're typing your password that they could... I guess. I don't know. That's But that's how one. is that I... any different from the Bluetooth keyboard connected to my my iMac? It, it tends, is, tends I don't have away. an answer. I'm just I'm trying to come up. There must be a reason. Another reason is it just didn't get added in or it didn't get added in. Uh, in time, the other one from an Apple stamp branding standpoint is they really want you to learn to use this remote. Um, but I mean, again, the, the person who makes a decision about whether or not this chunk of code that lets you support Bluetooth keyboards go in, I bet that's a really different person from the, from the people who are over here designing how the remote works. These are all just, these are different people. And like the fact that, that, that we so often feel like one person designed this one brilliant person designed design this device the design and implementation of this is incredibly complicated yeah it's amazing that any of it works at all We're, we've gotten spoiled from the iphone you know you know what? we should move on at some point soon but i would say this isn't this is something i would love to see improve not just for user experience because the way the lowest common denominator works is that people will do what they need to do to cheat at this, which is change it to a crappy password. The thing is, that password, that, that your Apple ID, like, think about everything that's attached to that Apple ID, you know? <laughs> There's a lot to that. I'm not saying it would be the end of the world, but, like, it would be really nice to have a good password on that. This does not encourage that. At some so, point in, in a future show, I would like to learn about your different iCloud passwords or iTunes passwords and how you've sort of decoupled all of that. I think that's not for this episode unless you disagree. I'm trying to remember why I did that. Because you're smart, because you're really smart. Well, and but there's another one is that, is there a way to have, I think there's a way, I think Serenity wrote something about this. I think there is a way to have more than one Apple ID on your Apple TV and switch. I think you have to re-enter the password when you do it. But, like, I don't think there's an easy way to do, like, multiplayer game center. Is that even possible right now? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. It's not really designed for that. Anyway, let's get past all this karma stock, suck stuff and talk about some of the other. Is that okay? Yeah. Any, any final words on the on the setup nope. of this? Nope. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, is there anything, is there any hassle that we can save people? I guess the obvious ones are, be ready. Like, it may not be as bad for, for you, listener. But, like, be ready. Have your passwords ready. Um... You're going to get faster with the keyboard over time. I guess one option is to not not set up every single app you want at the beginning, but that's kind of what you want to do. Like you want to you want to really open this thing up on the road, you know. But that's that's that takes an hour, you know. So I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I want to acknowledge. I I don't want to just bitch about this. It's it's really more that like people will find a way to make this less difficult. It's just it's not a direction we want to be going right now. Um. Do you want, uh, should we get into some of the wonderfulness and some of the uh, weirdness and some of the Apple TV-ness? Yeah, I would love that. Uh, would you like to tell me about one more thing that you like? My last thing to tell you about is Casper, Casper.com, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. And uh, you know what? Merlin has, I think, uh, five mattresses now. Yeah, well, every princess needs five. Everyone. And mm-hmm. uh, I have one of these Casper mattresses here in the uh it, it they sent it to us to try out 
and so I have it, and it's in it's in the uh, recording. <laughs> I've been I've been trying mine out. I'm doing air quotes here for like 16 months now. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty awesome, and I brought my boy into the studio. Uh, I guess a, a few weeks ago, and he saw the mattress, and of course he does what all kids can and should do and he ran and jumped in the air and landed on the mattress and was rolling around on it and just said dad I, let's take this one home this is so much better than the bed that i have at home and we spent a small fortune on his bed and uh and these things really are great leave it to a seven-year-old to be honest about how they feel about we bought our daughter an ikea bed that costs like six dollars because buying anything else would have been like five hundred dollars i mean super just expensive. getting a basic mattress is crazy let alone i mean if you get a halfway decent mattress for your you and your partner, it's it's pretty easy to start start at a thousand bucks. Oh yeah, I mean starting at a thousand bucks, working your way up from there to get into something that's just comfortable enough that you actually want to lay on it. These guys have combined latex foam and memory foam, and I'm not I am not one of these people who likes the uh, the, the the memory foam stuff. So I, when I first was trying this thing out, I was a little leery of that. It's not. Uh, it, it, you know, and sorry to disappoint you if what you want is like that memory foam experience. That is not what this is. This gives you a traditional feeling bed and it feels great. And I was, I was thrilled to, to get it 500 bucks for a twin all the way up to 950 for a king size mattress. Compare that to the industry average and uh, you will see how, how wonderful this is for a bed that is this comfortable. They have a risk-free trial and return policy. So they're going to send it out to you. You've got a hundred days to figure out if you like it not five minutes in the mattress store but a hundred days to figure out if you like it and if you don't they'll come and take it away uh but i have a feeling you will like it as much as merlin and i like ours so if you uh if you if you want to try this out the best way to do it is to go to casper.com slash back to work that'll support the show and when you're there use the code back to work you will get fifty dollars toward any mattress purchase casper.com slash back to work code back to work terms and conditions apply and uh, and that's all I've got to say about that. Thank you to Casper for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Man. Thank you, Casper. Bok, bok. Um, I love the App Store on the Apple TV. Yeah. I love it. I love the choice of stuff. I got the Simplex, terribly named app. Uh, I, got the, I got the Simplex app to use with Plex until, lo and behold, today uh, the Plex app came out. Yeah, the App Store is right there, uh, right near the top. You log in, you got your stuff, it's right there. Did you get any games? I did. Uh, I don't think I want to play them, but... Why did, what, what games did you get, and why don't you want to play them? Well, one of the, I'll tell you one thing. Um, one thing I would suggest is going into... So when you very first get it set up, and you're all logged in and everything, go to the App Store, and then floop over to the right, and go to Purchased. Um, I guess it's in the middle. I think it's featured, purchased, search. But in the middle or so, you'll see purchased. And here's what's cool is if if there's an app that you've bought, bought in? <laughs> if there's an app that you've bought or downloaded for iOS that has an Apple TV equivalent, uh, it'll appear there. So Cannabalt, which I think was maybe the first game I ever bought on my iPhone, there's a Cannonball. You can play Cannonball on your uh, Apple TV, and it's already like there and ready to download. All you just so if that's a good way before, because boy, let's just let's leave discoverability for a little later. It's pretty hard to find to discover apps, but like one good place to discover apps is like you may be surprised stuff you already have on your iPhone or iPad might already be on there. And there was probably half a dozen apps. Grubhub. There's all these apps that I've got on my phone that were also already on there. Yeah, I play. I grabbed a couple games. 
Um, I got I, I got the Crossy Road. Is that what it's called? Crossy Road that game, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Asphalt Eight, which is a racing game. I got about thirty seconds in Asphalt Eight before I felt really overwhelmed. Really? They already want. They, well, then they already want you to buy gold bars pretty quickly. Isn't there? Wasn't there already? Was that the one with the car? Yeah, it's the one with the car. I want the car, and but but then like there's already like it's already an explanation about I'm gonna have to level up and buy stuff, and it confused me. No, you don't have to do any of that. You okay, can so, just skip so you that. think that the, the one with the car is good to play? It's wonderful to play, and I uh, I you know I wanted to test this. My seven year old have none of it. Not interested in it. Walked away from it. Uh, just left. Not even interested. Couldn't get him to. My four year old daughter loved this game. And is uh, is obsessed wow. is obsessed with the game. Anytime it can play, and she can play it because, it, in very much like a Wii controller, right? You uh, you're holding the controller and steering with the controller by turning the controller left and right. You are steering the car. Does that make sense? And the only yeah, and you can like can you like drift and stuff like you that? can drift by clicking the touchpad, and you can hit your nitrous. By hitting the play button, but she doesn't need to do that. She just she just drives. But yes, and it's it was a fun game, and uh, I think it's worth it's worth playing. And you can you can skip through all this stuff where it wants you to buy, upgrade your cars, and all that nonsense. I'll try I'll try it again. It felt it felt weird. Like we've got Mario Kart on Wii U, where it's got the little wheel and everything. Yeah, and like that, I, I'm tempted to get a game controller, but I'll probably hold off. Um. Yeah, but I'll try that. I'll try that. Yeah, the App Store. Um, hmm. I feel like I want to talk about like the some of the other stuff. App Store. Um, App Store. I think this experience is okay. Um, I liked. I thought it was much better than what I was expecting it to be like. Well, I mean, I, gosh, it's. I feel like it's so hard to talk about anything without talking about setup. And once you talked about setup, I feel like you kind of have to talk about the remote because the remote is it, there's a curve to getting used to it. For one thing, it did you is it doing the opposite uh, scroll direction than you'd expect? Yes, and I had, it's the old school. It's the old school like <laughs> scroll direction, right? I don't know why they did that. Remember, Apple retrained us a few years I ago. They go, hey, everybody, by the way, scrolls are the other direction now. And I go, okay, fine. I don't know why. That. I think it's probably for a layperson. Like that makes sense, but I I, I always go the wrong way first because I feel like you should pull. On, on like iOS, like you pull, like to go up, you go down and I've gotten used to that and now it feels really backwards. But anyway, so yeah, the app store, the app store on the one hand, if you want the thing that everybody else is going to want and the thing everybody else is going to get, you're in good shape because they do make it very easy to go, okay, top shelf up here. This is, you get your Netflix, you get your Hulu, you get all the Showtime, HBO, though they're really pushing those, which I think is smart. That's the, you know, the first day you set this thing up, I have to guess the very first thing most people are going to want to do is like watch TV and movies on it, right? So that makes sense. That's always right there on the top row. And then you get down to what? You've got suggested games. But, you know, I think yesterday they added charts, right? Like most uh, downloaded or whatever. Right, yeah. What's it called? What's it called, Dan? Uh, like like top top apps, top, top performing apps. Which, you know, we always groan when we see those, but like, it's like, of course, the first thing I did was go and look for Plex. And so I'm scrolling and I'm like, well, I don't understand. There's like a total of like 20 or 30 apps here. Like, where is everything? There's no way to browse. There's no, right? 
There's no real browsability. Not really. There's basically featured and search. But see, I'm, search. I'm okay with that. I really think that on a, on a TV experience, you kind of want to keep things simple. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that, that, that I'm, I do not enjoy the Fire TV home screen, the way that they've kind of mixed together apps and apps that you've recently used with things that you can buy. I don't, I understand why they did that. Again, we talked. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it is awkward. But yeah. I, I, you know, and Roku, the way that you have to find channels, it's, this was to me better than, than the Roku. There's a lot of scrolling on a Roku. Yes. A lot of scrolling. Yes. And it's, you're right. You're right. And it keeps it, it keeps it simple for getting started. It's just that as far as I know, there's currently no way other than on the Apple TV to find these apps. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so there's, it isn't like, like right now, like I can download apps in iTunes on my Mac and that those will be mobile apps that I then get on my iOS devices. It's just that, you know, there's actually a lot of interesting stuff out there that you can only really find um, by accident or search, which again, now with search, can you do spoken, like Siri searching on the app store? I don't think you can. I don't think so. It'll find apps that you've installed, but I don't think you can like search for apps that way. But you know, it's just getting started. It's started. It's early days, but I've been pretty happy with, with most of them. The YouTube app is way, I think, way better. I think it's it's real sensible. Once you're logged into YouTube, like it's it's pretty fun. And recommendations, like it's all, it looks a lot better. God, the HBO app is so much better. Are you using HBO Go or Now? I'm using the Apple TV one. I think it's HBO Now. Okay, HBO Go is the one where, like, if you have cable, you right. Get it, HBO right? Go is if you have cable, you get. To just sign in with your like Time Warner Cable or Comcast ID, and then you have HBO. HBO Now is when you are paying HBO directly, and it's essentially yeah, that, the, that, that's me. That's what I'm doing too. Showtime has the same thing. There's Showtime and there's Showtime Anytime, and that that's the same setup uh, there. So I'm using both of those apps, and both of them are good. And I like the HBO one. Did you have time to install the Plex one before the show? The, the true Plex? Oh app? yeah. No, I got it. This, the second it came out yesterday. Yeah. So all those are good. I mean, I think the app store, like I say, it's early days. I don't want to be too critical about any of that because it, it worked pretty okay. And like, once you're signed in, you can just download apps. And last night in prepping for this, I grabbed more apps just to be able to say, I've looked at games and to look at the QVC app, but there's some really, there's some, like there's that, um, the comic app that does like motion comics. I got it and it looks really cool, but you have to go create an account to do it. And so I didn't do that one, but like there's some neat apps. Like, like you, there was that Reuters app that came out for iOS a few months ago that does this really cool. It like makes a, based on how much time you have, it will make a video summary of the news for you. Oh, cool. Did you get that? No. The Reuters app is really cool. That one's really neat. Um, uh, uh, Newsy. I thought it was really good too. Newsy is a really fun way to just like watch a little bit of video news, high quality uh, graphics and stuff. Again, all and, and like the QVC app, like I, I, I've never deliberately watched QVC in my life, but I immediately got that app, right? That's QV. If you want to see the future of Apple TV, look at QVC because you open this app up, it's streaming live QVC and you can just buy stuff right from there. It's brilliant. I mean, I can see the verge making something like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. I just am waiting. Some of the things that we haven't really talked about, uh, and you know, people are making a really big deal out of like the voice search, and I think that that's really handy, and it does a pretty good job. And they keep showing the the the, the way that you can do the search by filtering things down. Although 
you know, so like well, it's, it's, it's works sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't work all the time. <laughs> like, like for my kids, if they want to pick a movie, they can say play guardians of the galaxy. That pretty much works every, every time I've heard them do it. If it's a movie or a TV show that you've bought in iTunes, it seems to work all the time. If you're just saying, show me this or play this or movies with uh, Bruce Willis or whatever the example was that, that generally works pretty good. And then you can narrow it down and say, just the comedies, just the good ones. But like in practice, I'm not sure why I would use that. But the one thing that we have already all been using a lot is that, that jump to a certain point or rewind to a certain point. Let's, let's talk about that because that's a big one. When we talk about using Siri on the remote, once again, it's like, you know, we get so used to this all being this one big thing, and it's really not. I mean, because there's the whole area over here of using Siri to search for things from the, you know, wherever you are. And there's this area over here, which I, I kind of want to just couple with the whole, like, scrubbing, browsing video experience, which is everything you saw in that demo, it really works. Right. And it really works well. That's, to me, that's when they really hit out of the park. So yeah, talk talk about that. I mean, but, but both the scrubbing on the remote and the jump forward, or like doing what did he just say? Like all of those, it actually works. It works in Plex. It works everywhere. everywhere. And that's the one thing that you that we I have wanted just the scrubbing because okay, so to scrub through something, the way that this Apple TV lets you do it, that alone for me is worth the anything bad that we might be complaining about right now. And the way that it works, so like if you want to jump to a certain scene or to a certain part, all you have to do is just just swipe across the little uh, the 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 little touchpad, and as you do it, it will show you a real time scrubbing little window view of where you are. The same way that if you were to hover over the YouTube. I guess, do you call that a, a progress bar? I don't know what you... But it's it's modal. What's neat is, though, it, it's modal. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, what used to drive you crazy, like, it used to be... Um, TiVo was pretty good at this. You go, bloop, 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 and it would, like, go to triple mode and go fast. Like, try doing that with Netflix on your Apple TV in the old days. It was the worst. And it would take forever. It would buffer, buffer, buffer. What you do is, you, you when you slide down, you go down to the timeline, you, you click... And, or you slide and it scrubs. Let's say you scrub forward the equivalent of like 45 minutes and it does give you a thumbnail, but then like it waits for you, right? It waits for you to hit it to say like, go to there. Mm-hmm. That's the it's genius not, you know I mean? part. That's the part because, that, yeah. yes, because when you have that little thing, if you don't tap it, you're not lost from where you were. You know, it, it's, it's, and it keeps playing while you're doing it. Those kinds of things. If you, if you interact with the remote, the show keeps playing. Right. And the nature of our beloved Plex, Plex is doing some pretty heavy lifting when it's, you know, encoding on the fly to get it to your TV. Oh, yeah. It's not difficult at all, even on a pretty decent machine. It's not difficult at all to grossly confuse Plex and make it just poop the bed. <laughs> but where like if you scrub a lot, scrub more, scrub more, go back, go back, go back. Plex gets very confused and just kind of throws up and wherever it's sitting. But but no, what you're describing here is great. So you get to where you want. And I you know also if you've bought stuff, just so you know, um, if you've bought especially movies on the Apple Store, they have really good chapter markers in most of the movies. And I think there's timestamp-ish chapter markers inside most of the TV shows. So it's always been that you could click on the not menu, but the select button on the old remote, and it would give you all the chapters you can jump to. Yeah. But you don't get that on Netflix, or you don't get that on any of those. And I was I was amazed and thrilled 
that you could do the scrubbing worked on all of those. And then I was blown away that, I mean, this sounds dumb until you do it. But like this happened last night where my wife left the room for a minute. She came back. We're watching Walking Dead. And I said, um, go back two minutes. And like as quick as it could, it just bloop, yep. went back two I mean, minutes. And, that, and when that happens, it's super, super fast. When you jump to a section in a movie or you rewind or what, I mean, like it's shockingly fast how it does that. And it jumps right to that point and is playing. I, I, that one feature for me is, is so wonderful and so perfectly executed and something that, you know, you want, if you have a movie, you want to be able to jump forward and jump back a little bit, or like the phone rings or somebody interrupts you or something like that. You, you don't hear the, your kids are yelling and you don't hear what the last line was. You can say, what did they just say? And it just like in that right. demo, it works and you see the subtitles and it, it's perfect. When, when you say, what did, what did he say? Or what did she just say? Or anything like that? You saw this in the demo, but I just want to underscore how cool this is. It jumps back, what, probably 15 seconds? Yeah, about. Not, but like it jumps back a few seconds and turns on the subtitles just for a few, just to get you back to where you were. So you can legitimately see what somebody said if you didn't hear it. It actually really works. Here's the thing is like, I got so good with my TiVo peanut remote back in the day. I got really good, like at the jump back button. And then the scrubbing, you know, review and cue or whatever we used to call it back in the day. But that, I got so good at scrubbing. There's never been a device since then that does that as well. But you know, I should be able to do this, right? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you sit there with the Apple TV, you go, I should be able to go back exactly to the point in my head. But the tools aren't really up to it. The technology wasn't up to it. And it's amazing how quickly that becomes really frustrating. And my daughter is screaming at me. I thought I told you, stop rewinding. My daughter actually yells out at me because wow. she wasn't around when I was good at rewinding. She's only seen me now in my twilight years. <laughs> All right. I can't rewind for crap. But no, those right there, I mean, we should also talk, I guess, about the other Siri parts. But those are two parts where when I first heard the idea of like, hey, what if Siri comes to Apple TV? How great would that be? And this is even, I think, before I'd done it much, before I had the Amazon Fire TV with the microphone. But I was always imagining, what do you do? You're just going to yell at your TV across the room? How would that ever work? But now I use I, I use Siri all the time on my iOS device. So I use uh, Alexa all the time here in the office. Alexa, turn on my office lights. Boom. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm just used to that now. Um, and so I, I found it, it worked way better uh, than I expected, very happily. Yeah, I have no complaints oh. about that. And that's one of the bigger features to me. I The one thing in your note, though, that I want to make sure we, we get to yeah. Is God, we've barely scratched the surface. We still have so much to talk I about. Know. Um just looking at your notes. I just want to jump to the last one. Let me see where that I is. keep I, accidentally I, hitting the touchpad <sighs> and making stuff happen. How much how much more time do we have today? We need to wrap pretty soon, huh? Yeah. yeah. We can do it both. we can do another up. The remote is a very, very strange mixed blessing. Um a lot of people have already talked about this, but let's, you know, I think Andy Nako pointed this out. One of the things is, well, first of all, it's, uh, the remote, in, unless you're really, really looking at it and really, really looking at it with light, with illumination, if you, if you haven't um, memorized it yet, like, <laughs> guess what? Exactly 50% of the time I have it pointed the wrong way and I hit the wrong button because the controls are geometrically, as Andy said, geometrically in the center, vertically, right? Mm-hmm. So all those buttons are like exactly in the middle. 
unless you really know your and there's nothing like you know again like with the peanut remote with the TiVo <laughs> you could always kind of like put a thumb up yeah. and go, okay there's the power button yeah you knew right or where like, you were all the time or with your phone you go well there's two buttons on this side that must be volume therefore flip it over right. there's nothing to indicate there's, and there's here, little well, holes here's the on problem. both ends. here's what makes it even worse okay is that when if you're holding the remote upside down and you start swiping around on the uh, the the shiny non touchpad part of the remote, yeah, your palm is going to be <laughs> on the touchpad part, and you, right. the palm will be doing things. So at first, every time I set the remote down, I scrub. Right, that's right. Just literally, just <laughs> setting the remote on a table causes things to happen. That's right. And if you do what I do, which is you're you're sort of laying uh, long ways on the couch, right? And you put mm-hmm. the remote in in the safe zone, which is on the uh, on the arm of the sofa behind your like to the right of your head, so that oh, you can. And you're going to do the no look, grab. right? That scrubs through things or activates things or does something, and that's not good. That's not good, and it's not like it happened once. It happens every single time. And, and it gets to another thing, and I, I, I haven't experimented with the three like sensitivity levels, but the other thing that's a little bit frustrating, um, I don't know how to describe this. It's almost like there's a governor on there on this on the swipe surface where, first of all, it well maybe I just haven't learned it yet, but I am forever changing vertically when I mean to be sliding horizontally. It's very very sensitive to being off the horizontal axis. To where, like, boop, oh, guess what? You're in another row now. No, no, I didn't want to do that. Like, there's not like a um, a snap two thing to it. You know what I mean? It's not favoring the fact that I'm mostly going horizontal. It's right. not real. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Like, when you're doing stuff on the computer and you can, like, you know, you can snap to a grid or you can, like, make a line go straight by holding down, you know, um, command or whatever, or shift, rather. That, you don't get that with this. It's just it's just randomly interpreting all these different things to mean things when you didn't mean it to mean that, which is frustrating. But then here's the crazy part. is also, on the one hand, it's incredibly sensitive. It's like a teen boy. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is like a teen. But then it also, when you really want it to fly, it doesn't really, really fly. So it's kind of weird. Like, I'm still kind of getting my sea legs with it. But... Um, yeah, I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, I almost wish there was something on there. People have already made all these jokes about it. Like Matt Howie was saying, now we need an, we need an app <laughs> where you can illuminate the flashlight app for Apple TV right. that just turns on the lights in your room so you can see which end of the remote you're holding. <laughs> it's It seems, you know, in as, in as much as I like what the touchpad brings for things like scrubbing or things like quickly navigating around a screen... Uh, all the, the potential for accidental stuff is so strong, so overwhelming and so consistently that, that it, it, I won't go so far as to say this seems like a flawed remote, but I will go almost to the right at the precipice of the edge of saying it's flawed. Right. And just for what it's worth, your old remote will still work. It will. Yeah. I grabbed our old little skinny uh, lose it in the couch. Yeah. Remote, and it was very comforting to be able to just go tick, tick, tick again. Oh, my gosh. I well, didn't the know that. You, you, that's the first you know, time. You know, you know, you can tick, tick, tick on this. It's just there's a good chance. You know what I'm saying? Like there's swiping, but you can. Like, for example, if you would prefer 
you know, it's sort of like uh, like almost like um, like your early days of using VI, where you go like, okay, I know I need to go five something. Tuck, 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 tuck. Like, you know, you haven't gotten good enough to do the full commands, but you go like, I know I want to get over to that side of the keyboard, so I'm just going to tap left a bunch of times, right? And get me part of the way there, and then I'll have less coarse gestures as I get close. You can do the tapa, tapa, tapa. It's just that in my experience, there's a very good chance that you're going to end up going up or down a row while you're doing that. Right. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a there's a lot to like about it, but there's also things where you're like, oh, it's weird. It's kind of like the problems of the old remote in a better remote. It's just different problems, but like they're it's still like, oh, you guys had to make it so simple, but it's still not simple enough. Like, do you really need that home button? Like, couldn't we have gotten by with just the menu button? You know. Also, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I over, overall, though, what's the verdict on this? Would you say? Let's say. Let's say that you have a set-top box that you like. Maybe it's a Roku. Maybe it's an a- Apple TV. Maybe it's an Amazon Fire. Do people need to go and run out and, and get this thing now and replace the thing that they already have? Is it, in your opinion, is it good enough that they should drop the 150 maybe 200 bucks to right. get this thing? Well, it depends. I, I would say that's a very good question um, to put it in those terms. So there's, there's like, is money a factor? Is money not a factor? If money is a factor, you have to ask yourself how often you need to watch Apple media, right? Um, if you got Apple music, well, it's cool, but it's not really working that well yet. It's really mostly for watching TV shows. You know, the, 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 what is it that really distinguishes this at this point? Uh, you can watch your, I mean, really in terms of just basic dumb guy best buy bullets like what what differentiates this this is the only way to without using airplay and the only way to easily watch stuff you have bought from the apple store on your tv that is still true yeah um is there anything that that revolutionary i mean not really i mean it's not not i don't personally i don't care but it's not 4k if you need 4k you can get that with a roku or the new amazon fire i don't need that yet and that's all still again very early days I guess I would say if you can afford it and you want a better experience of watching your Apple stuff, you know, definitely go with it. Um, and you probably only need the small one unless you're playing a lot, a lot of games. Yeah. But I guess that's my verdict. I still have a, maybe next time we can talk more. I still want to talk about performance because there's still some performance issues. Um, but you know, what do you think? I mean, I would say, I would say if you can afford the 150 bucks, it's a pretty good buy. I mean, right? I, I think. Obviously, if you don't have any Apple content, and I think there are a lot of people that haven't bought that much stuff on iTunes. Yeah. I, I feel like go with the Roku. That's my, that's my thing. We do have a lot of iTunes content, and we're continuing to get stuff on iTunes. Yeah. For me, because we have Apple content, this is the – obviously, it's the only way to get it. But, like, if you have an older Apple TV – and you're wondering, like, okay, I have this Apple TV. It works. Do I need to do this upgrade? I would say only do this if you're in a situation like you and I are in, where we have also also have Plex. Mm-hmm. Because and, oh, we haven't talked about the Plex app. We have Darn not. It. Let's go. We'll talk the next time. But just let's get it out there. The Plex app, in my opinion, is one of the best apps on Apple. Absolutely, TV. it is. I'll I'll go Add further stuff. than that. I'll say it yeah. is the best app on apple tv 
It works. It's really good. It's really fast. And it adds some functionality that I hadn't seen anywhere else in a Plex app. I think it's extremely well done. Really well and it's done. free. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, get a, a Plex Pass is the best money you'll spend this year, I think. Um, you get syncing and stuff like that. Like, it's great. Plex Pass is great. But let's, you know, well, let's definitely talk about that more next week because they put a lot of effort into that app and it's really good. We also didn't talk about, darn it, we didn't talk about the, um, did you notice the common sense reviews that they've added into movies and TV? Yeah, those are really neat. They're really good. I got the app, the common sense app, because I'm always, yeah, I would always go to Kids in Mind, which is that hilarious kind of conservative <laughs> yes, website. Yes, I love that site. You remember their review of the Big Lebowski? Um, <laughs> is it right for kids? Maybe not. But the common sense is pretty cool, where they're like, oh, this would be good for 14 plus. Right. Like, there's this kind of violence and sex, and they have a line for consumerism. Yes. Like, how many stars? Um, you know, I, I, the last thing I want to do is come off sounding like I'm not enthusiastic about this, because it did answer a lot of the questions and fix a lot of the stuff that made the old Apple TV a problem for me. So the basic problem of the other, the previous Apple TV is that, like I say, I think my latest count is about 160 movies. Am I an idiot for buying all of those from Apple? Maybe, mm-hmm. but I am in the ecosystem. So I, that's why I've taken it kind of personally in the past when it didn't work, because I can't use the stuff I bought. It would be like if I bought all of these records and then like the, the record player didn't work anymore. Right. Like that's frustrating, you know? And so I'm very happy that that's gotten better. Okay, so we have to go. Well, we'll talk about this more next time. But here's here's the bottom line. There's still some question marks with the Apple TV. Um, 4K is, there's a lot of grenades rolling around. It's going to be probably, it's definitely going to be a few months, probably at least another year before there's a big winner. There's a 4K TV I'm looking at right now, the one the Wirecutter recommends, that I still would consider kind of like an intermediate TV. I'm not going to spend two or three thousand dollars on a tv at this point this is not a good time to spend a lot of money on a tv if you are getting invested in 4k well it's not there yet on apple tv right. and maybe that's okay but then you get these other question marks well we're all kind of sitting around waiting for the over the top thing we imagine apple is working mm-hmm. on and that's not here yet <laughs> yeah. so if if it was 4k if it had over the top if it was everything we we're imagining they were going to announce this summer then it would be an easier buy but i think I'm not saying don't buy this, but I'm saying like a Roku or an Amazon Fire, if you're not heavily invested in Apple purchases, you might be better off with a Roku. Because they they are real powerful and real good and real open. You can just get a whole bunch of stuff on there. But, you know, we didn't, we, on the one hand, we didn't get to talk about the power stuff. We didn't get to talk about Plex. Um, We didn't get to talk about like how to make Siri bend to your will. I guess we should talk about that next time. Yeah, that would be good. You know, I was surprised, though. I really, I don't know why. I guess I expected Siri filtering. You know what I mean by that? Like, so you say, like, show me, like in the demo, show me James Bond movies. You say, just the ones with Sean Connery, Mm -hmm. just the good ones. Mm -hmm. Like, that filtering works pretty well against the general app store or the iTunes store, right? But you know what doesn't work on your collection? Like, you can't say, show me my... Just mine. Yeah, you can, I don't think you can say, show me my movie starring Sean Connery. I tried it a whole bunch of different ways, and I couldn't get it to go. It's just weird that there's not a bit for that, for like, just now, like, oh, some kind of a control word that means my stuff. That, see, now that would be that great. Would be so really right handy. now, so like right now you go like, uh, find Doctor Who. It goes, bloop, which Doctor Who do you mean? Okay, this Doctor Who, bloop. And then, but then like, you got to scroll through. We bought a lot of Doctor Who, Dan. <laughs> like even last night, watching watching The Walking Dead, the latest Walking Dead last night, we had to scroll through like uh, six seasons of Walking Dead to get to the episode we wanted to watch. 
That's the kind of, so you can just, so you know, is it obvious? You can say, show me the walk, show me Doctor Who season nine. Bloop, it'll bring that up for you. But we don't, well, I guess we should come back to that. So much to say, Dan, so much to say. Yeah, there is a lot to say. And I think what we're, what we should mention, though, just in general, is that we really are at the start of, uh, at the start of something here. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's different in a lot of ways than what, where we, have been but it's not so different and that's the thing it's there's still a lot of the stuff that we are used to here and the fact i don't i can't believe i didn't realize you could i saw that there was an option to pair other remotes but i didn't realize you could pair it with the old one i i feel like that would give my family some confidence going back to the old one so that's something that i think is important but that might even ground people in in an interesting way in that if what you're not liking is the remote or you're struggling with the remote, well, mm-hmm. you've, you've got mm-hmm. options there. And I think that's the one thing that gives me an optimistic feeling about this is that there are these options. And I know we'll, we'll get our Bluetooth keyboard support in an update. We'll get a new remote app. I bet remote's coming. I really, it has to be. I really bet it's just got missed for this date. And that, that puzzles me too. And I, that makes me wonder why too, because why, why didn't Apple have that? Why didn't we have resources, that? resources, resources? I was, somebody told me, I don't want to say too much, but somebody told me not too long ago. Um, well, I shouldn't say, but oh, like, come for example, on, you can say, say it. You can well, no, just but I mean, I don't me. know if this is, I don't know if this is true, but you know, you know, John Roderick's always complaining about like the Wi-Fi diagnostics. Supposedly there's one person that does Wi-Fi diagnostics, terminal and other apps. That there's like, there is one person, there is a a person, a human biped at Apple (laughs) who actually does like four apps, including Terminal. You think Terminal's got like a building there? No. (laughs) Terminal is a part-time project of one person. Wow. You know, so I try to always keep that in mind when I'm, when I'm, and I just try to keep in mind that like everybody's working on different stuff with different amounts of information and, you know, they probably get the documentation for how this API-ish stuff needs to work together and... But like, you know, dates are dates. It's going to be neat when Apple Music works with it, because I've really come to enjoy uh, what I can do with Apple Music. I still find it inscrutable So on the desktop. So like, w- w- if that gets usable with just voice, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. Ah, so much to talk about. I don't want to sound, I don't want to come off sounding negative about this. I think the setup process has a lot of room for improvement. Uh, and that's really frustrating. I think if you're, okay, let's put this positively. I think if you really have loved using an Apple TV in the past, you've been hoping for something better, and you're enjoying the excitement of this new Apple that's doing exciting stuff, That then that's also a no-brainer. Like, this is a really... You can feel good about buying this. You know, I, I, I think this is another one of the things that this might... In a year, this might be a completely different device for all we know. Like, the, all these baby steps of, like, this... I think Jason Snell said as much. Like, this is like a 1.0. I think this is a 1.0 in some ways. Oh, yeah. It's, they're trying to reinvent this while keeping it familiar. But then also making it something that you can update in the future. Oh my God, we've been talking almost two hours. <sighs> so you like it? What's your What's your general feeling? If you're going to give it a, I don't want to say give it a grade. What's your general feeling? I mean, I I like this device. I like where now, now that it's now that it's set up. <laughs> right now that it's set up, and you know, like it's. I, I want to be clear that like we're complaining about some of the some of these setup experience not being ideal, but it wasn't 
I mean, it wasn't a nightmare either. It's not like things didn't work, but it wasn't that seamless thing. So I would give it like a like a B minus on setup, maybe a C plus on setup. You're kidding, really? Wow. Is that too high? Um Well, I mean I'll go, I mean a C plus? That's too high. I don't know. I mean, just for myself, for myself, no, I would score it lower than that. As far as the actual experience, once it's running, there's a lot to like about it. The new screensaver is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Once you learn, once you learn these tricks with uh, the Siri remote, the Siri remote is worth spending some time on and getting better at. You know, one very old school Apple thing I could almost really enjoy at this point is an app for helping you get good at the Siri remote. Then wouldn't it be fun to have like a little kind of a demo app where you could do stuff like, uh, um, you know, get better at scrolling and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That sounds silly, but it is really a different way to interact with your TV. Um, some Siri training would be helpful. It mishears a lot of stuff. You need to learn how to talk to Siri. Like you learn to eventually say, you know, if you want to save yourself some aggravation, uh, find the TV show, Doctor Who. Like if you just say, if you just say find spy, like good luck. Like it's going to find a lot of weird stuff. But no, I mean, like, I, I feel bad because I don't want to sound just negative about it. There's a lot that's frustrating, but I, I do think it is good. I don't know if it's enough to move over from an existing box if you're happy with it. But because, you know, you can always, you know, um, I don't know. I say, I Aren't mean, there, I feel like, yes, I feel like this is a good thing. I feel like this is a good direction. There's, I, I like it. I like, I like using it. it. I don't know if I, I don't know who, how many people I would recommend it to unless you're really soaking in the apple ecosystem but you know again maybe in the next few months or years we'll see more of that like the way that that there's alexa integration now with um the fire tv stuff like that you know it is pretty good at finding information too it's kind of cool to say like you know what's the score in this game and stuff like that that actually does work (sighs) so much to say It's fun to use. Well, I, I say yes. I say thumbs up overall. I'm going to stick with. I'm going to stick with my uh, with my C plus for the setup. I'm going to say overall usage is a B, and I'm going to mm-hmm. say for for special little features like the scrubbing and stuff, special mention that uh, that that's an a, a a execution for sure. I'll say this: if it's so hard, like last night, we went through half an hour of device hell with uh, just none of my devices was working well, which makes me think it might've been Comcast. I did the whole rain and everything. Uh, I wish things were a little bit faster. They feel faster because of some magic tricks at points, but the, from being on the home screen to watching a movie, I would like that. If that experience felt faster than it does now, I would give this a very solid a because the actual looking, looking at the stuff is great. It's really, it's really, really well done. Oh, can I give one more tip? Yeah. Uh, Get comfortable moving around the icons on screen and try. I'm not saying I'm not going to give you a configuration, but I'm going to say try different configurations. The the the, the big no brainer is if if you've got something like Plex or Netflix or Hulu, if you have a go to app, you move it all the way to the top row to that special. Yeah, top that's row. something that that this is the first time we've been able to do that. You can move stuff right that's up right. to the sacred row at the top. And then a special thing happens. Like I've got Plex in that top position. And again, what a fantastic app. So now when I select Plex without going into the app, if you tried this yet, you see a preview of your latest like on deck thing. But if you scroll right, it will also show you all of your recently downloaded or recently added TV shows, recently added movies. Try it. 
So like if, if you're mainly using it for blacks, definitely put that in the top left because it makes everything a lot faster because you can just get to whatever the most recent thing is right from the home screen. Love, that's a good one. What's mm-hmm. in what's in your top row? Can you reveal that? Do you care? I don't I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's Plex, Netflix, Hulu, Plex, Netflix, Hulu, and I forget the other one. I've got HBO Go as my or now. Oh, that's HBO probably now, up there. Right? Yeah, and then I've got below that I've got like movies, TV. We watch a lot of trailers, so the trailer is like in the top three rows. Yeah, I have that up there too. That's a fun thing. I love that app. And it, that is that is a fun app. Um, um, boy, but Plex, man, the stuff like did you if you scroll down on a detail page, like if you're on a movie, like you see the usual stuff you would see in Plex, but then if you scroll down. You'll see similar movies in your collection. It'll say, here's more dramas. Here's more comedies. It's got reviews. It'll show you capsule reviews. You scroll down further and it shows you the cast. So you can say, show me everything with Gene Hackman. It's crazy. So fun. All right. I guess we should button this one up. All right. Okay. I love you. I love you too, Merlin Man. Mm-hmm.